Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. Today, I'm going to share with you the big picture philosophy behind my slow style approach to creating a beautiful, meaningful home. You may already be pretty familiar with slow style if you've taken any of my workshops or courses, or if you have joined the Slow Style Society, which is our monthly membership. But even if you've been with me for a while, you know I'm constantly tweaking things and refining the framework. This is something that's a accumulation of everything I've learned through the design professionals I've interviewed, as well as everything I've been researching and practicing and teaching myself over the past 30 years. So this episode is to make sure we're all on the same page going forward with this podcast. Like I said at the beginning, my aim is to help you create a beautiful, meaningful dream home. And I don't necessarily mean a forever home. These are two different things, or sometimes they are because not everyone actually wants a forever home. Some people really thrive on change and they like changing up where they live every so often. Other people do want to dig in with some roots and settle down in one place. Both of those are great. Neither of those means that you can't have a dream home right now. So the first thing I want to talk about is a mindset shift about how we define dream homes. We all have a wish list running through our minds about what our dream homes would have, right? I know I've got my fantasy list. But that old grass is always greener thing comes to mind. And so I think we need to establish a few things. How will you know when you're living in your dream home? What will it look like? What will it feel like? What do you think you'll be experiencing when you're living in it? Because believe me, getting your dream kitchen and your dream home movie theater and your dream playroom for your kids, none of that guarantees happiness. It's not a straight line from any of these things to a perfect life. And I know you're smart. I know you know this. But even when we know this rationally or based on our life experience, we still kind of believe that if we just had a little more storage space or if we just had a functioning mudroom or an open floor plan, we'd be so much happier, right? Come on, you know I'm right. We all fall into this trap. So let's shift our mindset and just get really clear on what an actual dream home is for each of us. To me, living in your dream home means it's working for you right now in your current life with all of its challenges and messiness. 
and living in your dream home means it looks beautiful to you. And if each of your rooms have been decorated in ways that can evoke the feelings that you want to experience, all of those parameters can be met whether you're renting or owning, whether you have a lot of money to spend or only a little, and whether you have kids or pets or live with someone or on your own. What I hope you'll realize after learning a bit about slow style is that putting off an imaginary life you aspire to, which you somehow think a perfect dream home will give you, is kind of a waste of wherever you're living right now, no matter how temporary or how much it's frustrating you. I want to help you get the most out of your current living situation. And all of that has led me to create the slow style approach in the first place. So, okay, what is the philosophy all about? The slow part of slow style means that your signature style and the creation of your home unfolds along with your life, rather than being in a rush to get it all decorated and furnished in one fell swoop under the false pretense that once you do that, you can finally have people over and start living and not think about it again. Since slow style is about taking into consideration who you are and your personality, your passions, your values, and incorporating those things into your aesthetic, it's naturally going to take time or have to evolve over time. And as our lifestyles change, our homes need to be responsive to that. So slow style allows for that process. And what about the style part of slow style? What kind of style am I talking about? One of the things I say over and over again is that no one style category can contain an entire person. You can't fit all of those passions and values and aspirations and sides of your personality into just one style. But in practice, what I have seen over the past decade or so, I would say, is that we've really gotten away from thoughtful choices and arrangements of objects for two reasons. One, there's this huge engine of the design industry out there that has pushed us to replicate trends on a continual basis so that we keep spending money. And since a lot of us don't have the means to buy super expensive, trendy things, we're relieved that we can find the knockoffs for a lot less. And we all know what happens next. We're on a continual loop from the home decor aisle at our favorite big box store to stuffing our closets with more and more stuff to finally donating it and then being sucked back to the home decor aisle at our favorite big box store. So over time, we are actually spending quite a bit of money, but we've got nothing to show for it or not much. The second reason we're spinning our wheels when it comes to creating our own style comes from the design industry, specifically the entertainment aspect of the design industry. I'm talking social media, TV, etc. Remember when the houseplant craze started? Now, I'm not talking about the one in the 1970s when everyone had a spider plant in their bathrooms. <laughs> I'm talking about the latest version that started with the fiddle leaf fig tree showing up in designer homes. Remember that? All of a sudden, there was such a thing as the it houseplant. <laughs> How many of us killed a few fiddle leaf figs just because we didn't know what we were doing or we just didn't have the right light to make it grow? I know I'm guilty of that one. The design slash entertainment industry also loves to tell us which colors are in and which are out and which decade we're going to throw back to next. 
but the most seductive marketing we've been shown are spaces that adhere to one specific style category, pulling us into this trap of thinking that we only get to choose one style in order to have a cohesive feeling. And then, of course, we have to buy everything that fits within that style. And even if you do combine a few of these categories, like modern farmhouse, you're still defining your style according to someone else's curation of particular design elements. I know these categories can be useful when you're talking in shorthand, but not when you're trying to dig into the creation of your signature style and how you're going to go about designing a truly one-of-a-kind home. One of the biggest frustrations or questions I get asked over and over is how do I mix the different styles I've inherited, I've picked up at Ikea, I've placed on my wedding registry, how do I mix all that stuff together? And when you think about it, looking to the home decor product industry and the home decor entertaining industry, it's just not working. I mean, it's not working for me. I don't think it's working for you either. I created the slow style philosophy as a way to think differently, as an antidote to product-driven style. Slow style is focused more on small changes rather than big overhauls. It's about finding beauty and function that is attainable, and it's about feeling connected to where things come from. What's the backstory there and who made them, which breathes meaning into your home? And finally, slow style is focused on savoring that beauty. At its heart, the motivation to practice slow style comes from a desire to be generous. I know that sounds abstract, so hang in there with me. I'm talking about the desire to be generous to your family members, generous to your guests, generous to the planet and the artisans and craftspeople who make things, and definitely generous to yourself. Not necessarily generous in terms of spending money on people or things, but a generosity in terms of being thoughtful about setting up your home with love and care and simple gestures that speak volumes about your values, and generous in terms of taking the time to understand how things are made and by whom. That's the kind of generosity I'm talking about, rather than being motivated by factors that frankly are outside of your control, such as how much money you have and where you live. So why should you care about cultivating a slow style? Well, I think we've become both addicted to and shut out of the act of decorating our homes on our own. Yeah, we buy tons of stuff, but then we end up not liking it or realizing it doesn't work in our actual real-life homes. But we've also recently been trained to feel like we don't know how to buy stuff or to make decisions. We feel like we're not creative enough or talented enough to create a home that would be just as beautiful as what we see on social media. Now, we probably would concede that being on the cover of Architectural Digest isn't our actual goal, but we don't have a lot of good models for decorating in a different way. Those picture-perfect homes that we are seeing over and over again, especially the ones that have gone through a miraculous one-week makeover, have silently become this standard by which we do judge our efforts, which is why I think we need to adjust our perspective and adopt a new framework for making design decisions and choosing what to buy and what to bring into our homes that counteracts this hamster wheel we've been on, where we drool over other people's homes and therefore their lives. And we continue to spend unwisely on merchandise that still doesn't fulfill our dreams, not even close. So in my mind, it's not about the throw pillows, at least not initially. I mean, 
I do love a good throw pillow, and I've made and bought many of them. But what I'm saying is it's about playing around and learning how to think creatively, using what you already have, taking your time, and zeroing in on what it is you actually love. Now, sidebar here, of course, every once in a while, come on, it is so much fun to do a complete makeover, right? Or a big time renovation. I love doing that too. But for the most part, I don't want to forget about the everyday moments, the joy that you want to feel and experience of true delight that can come from every corner of your home. I want you to see there's a completely different way to think about decorating that's not driven by products or fast makeovers. Slow style is an approach to creating a home that focuses on the process of interior design rather than the end result. So that leads me to the benefits. I want to talk about the benefits of the slow style approach, both for us as individuals and for us as part of our common humanity. (laughs) On an individual level, cultivating one's signature style is an important process of self-reflection and personal growth, two things that everyone deserves to experience, which you can't do if you're simply adding another lamp to your Amazon cart. Slow style demands you do some soul searching and start identifying what you want out of life and put names to your values and passions that can then lead to color choices and what materials your objects will be made of. I know you may not know how to do this yet, But if you stick with me, I'll show you how. For now, just know that slow style means you'll be thinking about design in a personalized, meaningful way. Plus, slow style will help you save money because I'll encourage you to reuse and repurpose what you already have. And you'll learn how to get the most bang for your buck because you'll make better informed decisions about how to use the money you do end up spending and when you should splurge. Finally, I think the best benefit of slow style at the individual level is learning how to create beauty yourself, especially if you think you aren't creative. If you do have mad DIY skills and own a lot of power tools, that is awesome. And if you have no fear around choices that may seem crazy to everyone else, more power to you. But for the rest of you who maybe have been told over and over again or think that you are not creative... The act of being creative can happen in small ways too, such as turning grocery store flowers into a more artistic arrangement and thinking creatively about how to use your space and put your great-grandmother's wardrobe into use as a good-looking bar for your living room. These are all creative acts. Simply put, creating beauty yourself is a deeply satisfying human endeavor, and I want you to experience that. So those are some of the big benefits for you on the individual level. And now a warning, I'm going to get on my soapbox for just a minute. On a global level, addressing the multi-billion dollar production of cheaply made decor and furniture is something we simply owe to the health of our planet. I'm just going to say that flat out. I sometimes shy away from talking about a topic that has somehow become politicized or might be misconstrued and offend people. I believe we can all agree that the use of our natural resources does affect each and every one of us. So what are we going to do about it? Slow style means we can take the time to learn about how things are made and by whom and ask questions. Are there production processes and wages good for people? Are there things we can buy locally to cut down on the toll shipping takes on our environment? 
And how much plastic do we need to see in the ocean before we realize it's affecting our water and food and air? Style doesn't need to be harmful to anyone. We have enough problems in the world without needing to manufacture toxic beauty. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. But like I said, I'm saying all of this not to depress you or to make you feel guilty. No one wants to be made to feel guilty about whether or not they're recycling, for God's sake. I think we can all decide what aspects of living respectfully we care about and want to get better at and start there. Because no one's perfect and not everyone can do all the things. I mean, I still shop at Target. I still buy paper towels. I get it. I say all of this about the benefits to us as members of the larger society because I'm excited that there's an alternative to creating your dream home that's actually fun and enriching and sensible and cost-effective and all the good things that we want in life. That's what Slow Style can give you. And if this is really resonating with you, or if you're just still curious and kicking the tires on the Slow Style approach, keep listening to the podcast. And soon, very soon, I promise, you'll be able to get your hands on my free step-by-step framework to get you started with Slow Style. It's going to roll out like a private podcast mini-series, five episodes that you can listen to where I'll share each of the main aspects of the framework. And at the end of each of those episodes, you'll be able to take action and implement something in your own home. Now, if you're listening to this episode when it airs on September 5th, 2023, I hope to have that available in about a week. If you're listening after that, you'll see it front and center on the website. And I apologize for the delay. There are so many changes I'm making right now, much of which is behind the scenes, back end tech stuff. And since I'm learning as I go and I have no technical expertise, the rollout is a little bumpy. So thank you in advance for your patience. I really do appreciate it. If you want to be sure you don't miss a thing and to get notified when everything is ready, you can subscribe to the waitlist for the series. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on the yellow button at the top of the page that says Start Here Miniseries. Again, that's littleyellowcouch.com. Click on the yellow button, Start Here Miniseries. And next week, we'll continue with the new and improved Slow Style Home podcast with an interview that I'm really excited to share. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.